This is absolutely nothing to write home about. Uh, this is not something that you can celebrate uh, at all. That 0.2%, you must remember, Sagina, is uh, when you count people who have, uh, who have continued to search for, un- for employment in the past week. And uh, it's not a real unemployment figure. It hides the fact that more and, and, more, and more people in the country are giving up uh, searching for employment opportunities. And when you look at the real definition of unemployment, actually uh, the decline is a 0.5%, meaning that our unemployment rate in the country is still hovering around 45% the broader definition of unemployment where you count people that have given up searching for employment opportunities in the economy. This is absolutely no story at all. Unfortunately, it still means that uh, we're not talking 7 million. When you talk about the broader definition of unemployment, which is the real definition, we're talking 12, 13 million people who are unemployed. And, uh, and, and then uh, we have not... Uh, uh, dealt with the crisis of the youth, women, black people, and we're still going to calculate that uh, very shortly and issue a statement. But um, we are in a crisis that uh, existed before COVID. Uh, we are still in a crisis post-COVID. We were in a crisis before 1994. We're still in a crisis after 1994. A political breakthrough. And that's the story of unemployment in South Africa. It's grinding, it is taking away people's uh, uh, dignity, and it is worsened now by the escalating uh, cost of living. 18% towards uh, 20% of uh, tariffs increase in relation to ESCOM, 14% for food prices, and uh, 10.75% in the interest rates. And uh, fuel prices are going up today, and they're taking back to the uh, above 23 rand a liter, something unheard of in the history of this country. You combine all of those factors, and the inflation hovering at around 7.4, 7.2, all of that means that uh, life is getting harder, for the unemployed, but it also means that the the rich will continue to get richer and the poor will continue to be marginalized and trapped in this, in the degrading poverty that uh, is their reality every day. So I was reading this report by um, international insurance firm Allianz, and um, they have said that Looking at the factors that you've just mentioned, Mr. Vavi, among others, um, the political instability, um, the growing inequality, these unemployment stats, the rising cost of living that you also point out, um, they, they say that all of this points to a higher risk of more strikes and riots in South Africa. And if we look at what happened in 2021, surely that is something that once again the country can ill afford. Yesterday, we issued a statement that's again responding to another report of the ILO, which indicates that the wages of workers, not just in South Africa, but all over the world, are on the decline. But if you look in South Africa, the wages of workers have been declining since 1990-1991, meaning that the rate of exploitation of workers in the economy 
has been increasing since then. And that explains the reason behind South Africa becoming the most unequal society in the world. More so today when we talk about the issue we are raising, the increasing levels of workers trapped in precarious kinds of jobs, employed by labor brokers, outsourced, declared non-core, and then and not getting benefits such as for a, a medical aid provident fund, not even working regular hours that protect their families who are disintegrated every time they are being asked not to, to take care of the children because they spend all of their day at work. So if you look at those factors as a whole, working people in, the, in South Africa, just like uh, everywhere else in the world, is facing a crisis. In South Africa, we've been warning about a ticking time bomb for many, many years now. And in July 2021, we saw what that ticking time bomb may look like when we lost over 300 uh, people in violence and uh, where only workers, by the way, only the poor black people were the victims of that violence. And that, that you don't want to even think about what will happen one day when an implosion of that uh, 12, 13 million people occupying the streets and walking across uh, from Alexander to Santin and raiding houses that have refrigerators and food and asking for food just to, to survive for the day. We don't want that to happen. And that's why we've been making a call on the government to please change track. The current macroeconomic policies, the overall growth strategy that they are pursuing, will not resolve the crisis of unemployment, poverty, and inequalities in South Africa. It's time to change. They must drop neoliberalism. They must drop uh, austerity programs. They must embark on more people-centered people's uh, 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 development. They must embrace the call for a people's budget, a working class buyer's budget, and uh, to make sure that uh, they take steps to address the fact that uh, the majority of black people are still remaining where apartheid and colonialism combined with the system of capitalism placed to them before 1994, now 29 years into democracy. So you spoke about um, the uh, unequal society that we are, uh, as often been quoted as the most unequal society in the world. We are also now um, claiming the dubious distinction of being uh, perhaps among uh, the ones with the highest unemployment rates in the world. Uh, as you said, by the expanded definition, around 45% of South Africans unemployed, about seven. 75% by the expanded definition of our youth unemployed, uh, Mr. Vavi. Uh, you've outlined why this is an um, untenable situation. But if we look at what needs to happen, what does South Africa needs to, uh, need to do to drive growth? Because we've been stagnant as far as economic growth is concerned. So how do we drive that growth in order to achieve sustainable economic and employment opportunities? Go back to what the ANC was demanding before 1994. The growth of the economy through the redistribution of wealth from the rich to the poor. In the main, that's what you need to do to address the crisis of uh, poverty, unemployment, inequalities in South Africa that unfortunately still afflict black 
uh, people and women in particular, including its youth, by the way. We have called for a change in the growth path, and we have called for a change in the redistribution so that the current strategy of redistributing uh, wealth from the poor to the rich through such measures as the VAT can be put to an end. We have called for a growth path that is going to be centered on South Africa owning its mineral resources and for black people having access and owning the land for a government that is going to drive land reform and agrarian reforms to ensure food security, but more importantly, to ensure that uh, the the people who have land can continue to to have wealth that can be distributed amongst the marginalized African majority in the country. We've also called for a, 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 the mineral resources to be trapped inside South Africa instead of them being exported overseas where they create jobs through beneficiation and building of the secondary industries. We want all of that to happen here in South Africa so that we can again rebuild our manufacturing sector and re-industrialize. You remember that, uh, Sardina, that South Africa manufacturing sector used to contribute a 22% to the GDP of South Africa by 1994. It's down now and cut by half. We are now contributing from the manufacturing sector only 11% to the GDP. That's where the disaster of unemployment is emanating from. You can't have an economy that is a casino economy where all of these activities are centered around the power of the banking industry, the exportation of, uh, of, uh, of exportation of the minerals raw as they are, as we are seeing the trucks making a long queue on their way to Richards Bay or to Walvis Bay or the nearest harbor to get every mineral out of the country without South African people benefiting from it and exploiting the fact that we... Uh, through the makings of God, must I say, uh, are situated in South Africa, in the African continent, endowed by minerals, and uh, we're doing nothing to take full advantage of them. It is Europe, and now increasingly China and India, that is actually the main beneficiaries of uh, of what uh, should have benefited South Africa's minerals. That's the first step. The second point the macroeconomic strategy has to change. You can't continue to have a, a, a what uh, the Minister of Finance calls a fiscal discipline, a, a fiscal consolidation, which means, actually, government will continue to cut budget on essential services that it should provide to the poor through the budget instrument in its hand, meaning that we can't continue to cut taxes, we cut corporate taxes that at some point were 52% uh, in, in the run-up to 1994, but now it's 27%. We can't do nothing about the illicit cash outflows, which the financial services send out of, of the government says amount to up to 400 billion rands taken out of the country. We can't continue to allow big business to use corrupt means and uh, to, to, to steal from the poor 
because we now know from the government, again, officials in the Treasury says between 35 and 40 percent of our procurement budget is stolen by the tender premiers. We can't do nothing about what uh, Judge Dennis Davis revealed, that uh, we are actually losing at a minimum 50 billion rands through tax dodging schemes of big business in, in the economy. When you do nothing about that, absolutely nothing, you are actually distributing wealth from the rich, no, from the poor to the rich instead of uh, distributing uh, the wealth from the rich to the poor. That's at the center of the statistics that we are talking about uh, in the economies of, uh, in, in South Africa. Mm. That, and, uh, and unfortunately, the easy government have long been captured by capital. Our leaders were given shares there and there, 0.5%, 5%. The, the economy remains firmly in the hands of the 1% of the population that is occupying up to 45% of the wealth of the country and the 10% that occupies 90% of the wealth. Now, when you have such levels of inequalities in society, don't expect a miracle that jobs will be created. The next thing you're going to hear is the president that says it is not our responsibility to create jobs. It is only the private sector. All ours, he means, must just be a reference and allowing the, the class uh, divisions and antagonisms to take place and uh, he will step on the side and say, uh, I'm waiting for the, for the benefits of the growth of, uh, of, uh, of the wealth to benefit the poor. It's, hap- it's not happening here in South Africa. It has never happened elsewhere in the world. We need a, a proper developmental state that is interventionist and that can drive and ensure that investment does take place. That's another point, by the way. Yeah. The levels of investment in this economy are just far too low by both the private sector and the public sector. We will not grow this economy with such levels of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of investment by private sector and the public sector. Well, Mr. Vavi, uh, quite a mouthful there. Very interesting and um, uh, hopefully will create, uh, you know, space and more time to have these conversations and unpack it even further. And that was uh, the SAFTU General Secretary, Mr. Zwelinzi Mavavi there.